from one dipstick in Georgia to another dipstick in Texas. Welcome to Two Dipsticks Garage with the Chance Brothers. Our second favorite car, which this one's going to be a bit of a thinker for me because if I tell you my car number, the amount of cars that I've owned, you're going to think that I'm that I get around is what you're going to think. <laughs> Well, I already know that, but maybe for the audience, you could <laughs> let them know how much of a hussy you are as it comes to cars. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I, I am definitely a, a hussy. The Eagle Talon TSI was definitely the favorite car, and if I could find another one of those, I would certainly do it. And the second favorite car, I think I'm going to have to think on while we hear about your favorite second car. It is It is tough when it's second, isn't it? Because, I mean, first is generally pretty easy yeah uh because it just it sings to you and speaks to your heart Mm -hmm. i even asked my wife before this like what her thought was for what my second favorite car was and she said well it's between serena and loretta (laughs) i named my girls (laughs) apparently you do (laughs) and and i told her it it was the one of the two of those that didn't let me down and Mm -hmm. serena had let me down a few times Okay. Not all the time, but there had been some very crucial moments where I was like, this is not the time. <laughs> so Serena was my 2007 Acura TL Type S. The times that she had let me down was there was a battery drain. It was coming from, and I didn't even realize this until I was about to sell it because it was just, I, I didn't have time to, to try and diagnose and figure out what it was. And I had searched the forums casually, never found the answer. And then I finally found the answer one day when I was getting ready to sell it because I was like, I I can't in good conscience give this car to a, I think he was like 17 or 18 year old kid. He's been pining for a car like this. He he had a TSX, but it was an automatic and Mm -hmm. he was really going for the TL type S. And so, so I finally found what it was and it was actually in these cars, it's known issue. There is a Bluetooth receiver for when you connect your phone to the car audio and can make phone calls. That for whatever reason, even when the car is turned off, will continue running and will actually continue searching for a phone to pair to. Really? And they said the way that you can test this is you just pop off the cover, which is above the rear view mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where the little module is. And put your hand to it. And if you feel that it's warm, it's been running. And my car had been sitting there for two days. Pop the cover off. I put my hand up there to touch it. And my hand was being burned by touching this thing. Wow smoking hot and i was like wow this is a fire hazard not only is it a battery drain but oh my gosh um and so sure enough i disconnected that and let it you know i started it so it would get some charge back into the battery now and it sat for a week not a single problem from there Hmm. because there would be a there would be times i would drive the car home from work park it in the garage come back the next morning to drive it to work and it wouldn't start i had a battery tender that i put it on put on there to just try to keep it alive overnight mm-hmm. it barely even did it it was really frustrating and how minor of a thing is that to drain your battery that severely it boggles my mind that people figure this stuff out right that's true it's it's so easy for us to pop on and google something but somebody had to figure that out they did all the work to to get to that gremlin that's exactly right that's crazy so it was a fun car. I enjoyed that car. It had a nice buttery V6. Sounded very good. But, you know, 
I am a fan of a little bit larger displacement and the rear wheels being driven, not the front wheels being driven. And it just, I came from the Camaro to the Acura and it was like, I know what you're trying to be Acura, (laughs) but I had a taste of what I'm looking for and I'm just not getting the same thing out of you. Beautiful car. That Mm -hmm. Nighthawk Black Pearl just Mm -hmm. had a really pretty color to it. A really nice flake. But it, it wasn't it wasn't my second favorite. It may end up being my third, but the second favorite is my current daily. And she is that is Loretta. Mm-hmm. And she is my sweet angel and really has been just a true gem of a vehicle to own for the past I have to go back to when I bought it, so since twenty twenty, so for the past three years. All I've been doing is really oil changes. I did tires. Recently, we did brakes, and they had to replace the rotors because they were, they, that just what happens. Okay, so that was a few oil changes and brakes and rotors in the three years that I've owned this truck with, well, I had 140,000 miles when I bought it. Like, are you serious? This is, this is the maintenance that it needs. That's it. Um, we can talk about so many things about this, but I mean, the fact that they, that it has this crew cab that's just massive mm-hmm. and you can slide those rear seats forward a little bit and even recline the rear seats a little bit. Really? Oh, yeah. I did not it's know that, that, nice. that, that that's quite an appeal. As we have discussed before, our needs here in Texas will be that we'll need a truck that can tow the 10,000 pound metaphorical mark there. And obviously we, you and I have discussed about your truck and it's the the timing's not going to work out on. And the only thing that I wish Toyota would do with that 5.7, and I found out that you can do this, Mm -hmm. but it is a special order is that you can get the 5.7 with a jump seat in the front instead of a console where the shifter is. You can put the shifter on the column. And have six seats. And that's really the only thing that has held me back from getting a Tundra in the past. And it may be something that we do in the future, seeing as how we've got a kid graduated and out of the house. So we don't need six seats anymore. So You may not need that. May not need that. But Loretta seems to have been, you can set your watch by her. You know, again, I had the 2004 Silverado with the 5.3, and talking about power comparisons, it's just not even close. I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that motor had close to 300 horsepower in that Silverado, but the transmission was just not up to the task. It was very lazy. So I was I was about to say they felt lethargic in the General Motors stuff, like and I and I hate to compare it to our Forerunner because our Forerunner is so active when it comes to putting your foot into it; it just wants to go. But when we had the Escalade yeah. with the six two, you'd put your foot in it, and I was like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> I'll think about it. Yeah, I'm not ready yet. <laughs> <laughs> this engine on this thing does it's. I forget what the horse it. I think it was 381 horsepower that it was putting out. And then the torques was somewhere, yeah, 401 foot-pounds of torque. And it has the cold air intake on it. And it has the Magnaflow X-Pipe exhaust, catback. Those sound so good. It's, yeah, it sound, it's a, such a great combination. So you're you're probably getting maybe closer to 400 at the crank in terms of horsepower. And it's just 
You want to lay into it. She's happy to do it. <laughs> she will downshift at will, and all of a sudden, you were going 30, and now you're going 80, and it just happens so fast. It's just, it's effortless power. It's comfort. It's durability, reliability. Like It's been the complete package. And yeah, okay, sure, you can poo-poo on the fuel economy, but when you realize what you're doing, which is pushing a 6,000-pound vehicle with four-wheel drive, that's as big as it is through the air. To be fair, 15 miles to the gallon is not horrible for something that's has been as reliable as it's been. So I just I have nothing but praise for this truck. It's been really something special. And when it comes time to, to get rid of it for the Maverick, it's going to be a truly a bit of an emotional experience to having to get rid of her because it's just been, you know, she's been such a gem uh, over these past years of ownership. Yeah, that's going to be a tough day. I I hope that I won't be there standing on your driveway when that happens. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that takes me back to, at the moment in the fleet, we've got the 94 Toyota pickup truck. It's the Tacoma predecessor, extended cab, three liter V6, five speed, four by four. I call it Lefty. Lefty's been a great truck. But Lefty was not my first Toyota pickup truck. I had a 92 that was green and basically the same exact platform, except instead of having a V6, it had the 22RE motor, five-speed transmission, 4x4. I picked this thing up for $3,700. I was just blown away that this the owner of it had it. Dash wasn't cracked. There wasn't interior was great. Exterior just had some faded paint, but I mean, I was, I've always wanted this truck. 89 to 95 were the years that they made this. And I've thought that it's just a, a great little truck. So I finally purchased it 2011. Okay. Finally got this, this style of pickup truck from an old man. Really didn't have any problem. It, it ate a belt once, and then I needed to change a thermostat once. But other than that, it's just oil. And it was a wonderful little truck, and I had it up until Michelle and I got married. And I figured that it probably wasn't a great idea to put little kids in the extended cab of this. And Michelle never said anything about it, but I was like, you know, probably need to have something a little bit, little bit safer for kids in the back. And that's when I got the Golf R. And then this truck just sat behind our house for a year until I was like, that poor truck is just sitting there. I better sell it. But that is a truck that I wish I would have never sold. And I just loved it. Could put anything I wanted in the back, you know, like motorcycle or camping gear or whatever else. It came with a camper shell on the back of it, little little camper oh. shell. And when I was going between apartments, I had like three day stint where I, my, my lease was up on one and the other one wasn't beginning. So I just kind of was transient. So I got a hotel room on a sketchy part of Austin and I put my mountain bike in the back and locked the camper shell and the next morning it was gone. So, <laughs> Oh no. Uh, Oops. Yeah. <laughs> but good memories in the, in the little truck. And I never named that little green pickup truck, but that is. I just mm. love those little pickup trucks. I do. I think they're great. And that's why we've got one sitting out at Pixie Dust yep. Acres right now. That if I ever need to get into the brush or 
need to rip something out of the ground. Yeah. It'll do it. A great little truck. Is that reliability? Hard to beat it? There's, there's something special about those those cute little old pickups that can just go anywhere. They are great. One of these days, we'll have your little Maverick and my little Lefty put together. <laughs> and you'll be yeah. getting 45 miles per gallon, and I'll be getting 15 miles per gallon. I'll be getting stuck, and you won't. So <laughs> that'll be the difference. That may be true. <laughs> are you, did yours come with four-wheel drive, or are you two-wheel drive? No, it's uh, front-wheel drive only. Front-wheel drive? Yeah. Shares the same platform with the Bronco Sport, even though the Bronco Sport doesn't come in a hybrid uh, as it sits right now. But that's, I think that's how they were able to make it as low to the ground as it is on this little unibody platform. But yeah, uh, front-wheel drive is your only choice with the hybrid system. So I have to ask a question because the naming of the Bronco and the Bronco Sport seem to be a little bit backwards. One would think that if you got a sport trim package, it would mean that you get to go do sporty things. Yeah. Particularly off-road, which was what the 60s and 70s Broncos were known for. Even the Uh bigger Broncos. The Bronco 2, which eventually became the Explorer. All off-road rigs. And then they give this Bronco Sport that you're looking at it kind of side-eyed going... How is the sport? Well, it caused great confusion when people were buying these because the Bronco Sport became came out before the Bronco did. And so people ordered the Bronco Sport thinking they were getting the Bronco because they thought it was just a trim package. Yeah. And all of a sudden, this little pipsqueak shows up on their driveway <laughs> and they're like, what is that? What is that? I thought I ordered this thing. I didn't order the Kia version of a Land Rover. <laughs> Give me this big, beautiful beast over here. Ford also did something weird in the 90s with that, too. If you remember, they had the Explorer, and then they had the Explorer Sport. They did. And then they had the Explorer Sport Track. They did. To confuse you even more. So the Sport Track became a, a four-door short bed pickup truck. Yeah. Those were pretty good. They had the four-liter V6 in them. I mm-hmm. think they had a four-cylinder, and then they had a, that 4.0 V6, which was a good one. That was mm. a good motor. But then the Explorer Sports, I think they were two-door Explorers. They were two-door versions of the Explorer. Love interest in my life by the name of Rebecca. Her mom purchased an Explorer Sport that had a five-speed transmission in it. Wow. They're strange cars to me, SUVs to me, because why would you want two doors on an SUV? Ah, the practicality quite isn't there for me, but whatever. They still sold them, and you can still see them driving on the roads today. So, I mean, I guess I'm wrong. Back in the 80s when Chevy had the Blazer, it was not like the old K5s that were huge. It was yeah. this tiny little S10 that was a two-door and on a shortened platform. And you would have to yeah. slide the front seat forward and the kids would get in the back and then you'd slide your seat back. How dumb was that? Yeah, our first world society would not put up with that today. No way. Every time I have to slide my seat forward to let my kid out of the back? No way. And now it's all electronic, so you'd have to sit there and wait. <laughs> while the thing has to slide forward. 
kidding me? That'd take forever. The only thing worse than that would be like a 280Z that's a 2 plus 2 that you have to climb in and out of. (laughs) (laughs) Based off of that platform. So it's it's front-wheel drive only in the hybrid. And even, I think, in the 2024s, they're remaining that way. What was interesting with these Mavericks was the 2022 model, which was the first one that came out for 19995 was MSRP. Uh-huh. Um, the the base model XL was your hybrid. Uh-huh. And then it didn't have something that we all take for granted, cruise control. Really? A 2022 vehicle could have something like a blind spot detector, but it doesn't have cruise control. <laughs> I don't understand that one. But I didn't have it in 2022, so I'm actually kind of glad I didn't get a 2022. Not that I use it all the time, but I would like to be able to use it at some point. I will say the trip in the Mazda Speed Miata from Boise, Idaho down to Central Texas, zero cruise control, not available in it, and Mm. I wish I would have had it. (laughs) Yeah. So on long road trips, which is what those things are perfect for, you kind of want cruise control. So honestly, I'm glad I didn't get the 2022 model year. The 2023 model year has cruise control, and I think it was only about $2,000 higher on its starting price for the MSRP, but still your entry level was a hybrid. Now for the 2024 model, the entry level model is still the XL package, but it's the EcoBoost is now the standard engine, and you have to pay to upgrade to the hybrid. Really? This is new, brand new, and it costs more, I think it's something like now $4,000 more for this XL hybrid version of it. What an interesting twist. So those who ordered 2023 models that got rolled over to 2024 model years will have price protection because they weren't able to get their 2023. But for anyone who's trying to purchase 2024, you're going to have to cough up a little more money and option for the hybrid, which didn't used to be status quo. I, you know, I don't want to say that Ford continues to lower the bar for me, but wow, they just seem to really continue to lower the bar for me. <laughs> they can't make a truck that they said that they were going to make and deliver. And people have had to wait this long for this stinking thing. So, um, ooh, I hope it'll be worth it. I, I am excited for you to take con- take possession of yours and see how things go with it. Uh, because it seems like it would, yes, you're, you're in Atlanta traffic. And if there's one thing that we know about Atlanta, it's traffic. That's right. Yeah. And actually like I was looking the zero to 60, there's zero to 60 times up on these. And so for the Tundra, I think it's something like 5.9 seconds. Mm -hmm. That's pretty impressive. That's pretty good for a big rig. Yeah. The Maverick hybrid is somewhere around, I think it was like the low sevens, something around 7.4 or so. Yeah, not horrible. If you go back to the 90s, that was a quick time, 0 to 60. So, you know, for the fact that it's able to do that and also get 42 to the gallon, I should be able to at least try and keep up with some of the cars that are out there on the road. See, out here in Atlanta, when the light turns green, you floor it. (laughs) Until you get to the traffic in front of you, and then you proceed to slam on your brakes. So I I just have to keep up with that. Otherwise, I'm the guy who's in the wrong, not keeping up with that. That is true. That is a true story right there. I want to say the the Golf R that I had 
its zero to 60 time was right around six. I, I want to say it was between six and like 6.5 or something. It was not all that quick off the line, which was kind of surprising because you is. put it into a category of the WRX STI or the Evo, things of that nature, where you're getting a turbo boost car with a four cylinder all wheel drive stick shift. You're expecting to yeah. hear numbers that are closer to 5.0. Right. Yeah, it was. It was not super quick off the line, but huh. for your Maverick to be that quick is pretty impressive. That all depends on if I get it. So I, <laughs> I guess we'll stay tuned to see if it's truly on a train somewhere between Mexico and here. You're closing up shop with two dipsticks garage. Feel free to open up another one to see what them chance brothers are getting into next. Uh-huh.